We're joined by Logan Shikowski today. Logan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Donnie. How are you doing, man? It's been a long time. It has been a while. And speaking of which, when is your first podcast coming back? You know, off the top of my head, I can't really give you a specific date. Um, but I will say I, I am probably going to line up something for the future, maybe around NFL draft time. So be on the lookout for that. But as far as a specific date, I can't really give you one. I'm just doing me right now. So. Well, I better be on that panel because I tell you what, Seattle is going to be in. For, well, we're starting to, you know, it's just being a Steelers fan. Oh, yeah. It's a start of a new era. No. Exactly. It is. I mean, I'm excited for the Mitch Trubisky pickup. Um, and I'm also interested in seeing how one Todd Bowles does. How do you, how do you think that goes? You know, I don't know what the rift is between Arians and Brady. I don't know if there even is one, but all these reports are circulating out. Of course, Brady wanted to go to Miami or at least have ownership in the Dolphins stake is what they were talking about. And the Brian Flores lawsuit happened. Yeah. Then everything else went to, went to crap. I'm sorry, not Todd Bowles. I meant Brian Flores. I apologize. Oh, Brian Flores. Yeah, yeah, okay. Brian Flores. Well, either one, yeah. one. One went from a head coach. One did not get the head coach job, yeah. as we know. Um, I don't know. What is he? Is he defensive or is he? I believe he is defense. I believe he is defense. Okay. Yes. He'll be fine. I mean, so. Don't get me wrong. Defensive coordinators and offense coordinators, of course, running the their their ships on the side. Yeah. But you guys have a good head coach. Tomlin leads every team to. Well, he used to be eight and eight, but now that you can't be eight and eight, he's going to lead them to like Here's nine and eight every thing, year. Though, and and I talked to a lot of other Steelers fans about this. Tomlin can't really control the locker room. I mean, look at you have the Antonio Brown situation, him coming in. Look at the circus that was. You but did had, anybody else really handle his situation well, though? Well, no one really did. And it's funny because next month is mental mental health month. And I'll actually get into the whole Antonio Brown thing because I feel like there is something along the lines of mental health going on there. But anyways, going back to my argument, I do not think that Tomlin like can control a locker room. I mean, look at the stuff with Jace Claypool and the juju stuff with the dancing on the logo. Like any other coach would be like, come on now, like that's immaturity. Like you got to pick it up. Like what do you what do you see about that? Well, he's a player's coach in the same way that my coach Pete Carroll is. So a lot of people come and listen, you can say the Legion of Boom was successful, but the fallout of the Legion of Boom was not very successful. You know, you had Earl Thomas flipping off his own sideline. You had Michael Bennett storming out of the building. You had Richard Sherman that I want to be out of here. And, you know, Cam Chancellor wanted a new contract, like one year into his three-year contract. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and of course you could say the rift between Wilson, whatever, there's been a lot of situations where head coaches just let the players play. And when their time's up, their time's up, they get rid of them. Right. But they, they build a, they, they always say in business, if a, if you're a boss, you're supposed to treat your employees, not necessarily like family or friends, but like employees, Exactly. you know, and coaches like to treat people sometimes in the, in case of Carol or, um, oh my goodness, I just blanked that your head coach Tomlin, Tomlin. uh, in their case, they're trying to be like friends to everybody and family, which, you know, there's nothing wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Cue Dom saying family matters. But, you know, it, in, in these cases, like, yes, but then you have the Bill Belichick's of the world that will cut you in your prime, that will trade you in your prime because he doesn't want to build that emotional connection because football and how you play is more important than the person you are. See, and to me, this goes along the line of something that I've kind of developed along with, with my coaching. Um, I call it vertical leadership and horizontal leadership. How that goes is this. You have the coaches. You have – or sorry, you have the GMs. You have the coaches. You have all the staff, and then you have the players, okay? It should be even core, but you have some of these teams who are like, well, I'm the head coach, and this needs to happen. I'm the general manager, and this needs to happen. I'm the player, and this has to happen, whereas it should be like across the board, if you get what I mean. I get that. My only pushback, I guess, would be I'm a big believer in – if I'm playing and I understand it's easier to say as a, somebody from the sidelines, but when I played sports and, you know, me, we're on the same teams, yeah. you know, how much interaction do we have with our coaches by saying, Hey, we want this. Not really a lot. I mean, that didn't really go to what we yeah, were but, younger though. Yeah, but Why would you ever be in that position? Like if I'm a player, you need to respect the role of the head coach of the GM to do their job. Right. I, I mean, you're that. paid to do that job. Me with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, Russell Wilson wanted all his picks. Was like, that's great. But when you get your picks and then you don't do anything with them or you get your players and you're not good with them, you know, you wanted the offense line in Wilson's case. We gave you probably one of the best offensive lines that Wilson has had since, you know, his Super Bowl years in mm-hmm. Seattle. And he still wants out. So, you know, you don't let the you don't let the players kind of run the show. It's nice when players like Tom Brady come in, take a less pay cut, say, hey, get this guy and everybody can be a locker room person. But not everybody's like that. Now, back to the Brady situation. Now we can talk about the Todd Bowles thing. Go. How do you think Todd Bowles 
that plays out there. You know, I feel bad for Leftwich. Okay, so so get this, okay? If you're Brian Leftwich, okay, which by the way, not too many people realize Leftwich, yep. that I have a Byron Leftwich jersey. Nice. From Jacksonville. The Jacksonville one? Yes. Okay. With, he with David Garrard as well. Okay. David so um, if anybody remember those years, which this is way before, what, who, who does the NFL jerseys now? Is it Nike? Nike. I can't remember. Reebok. So Reebok it. was. That's the, yeah. that's the jersey I have then. Then Nike took over. But if you're Byron Leftwich, just think about it this way. He, compa- he, he, being Bruce Arians, campaigns for you and Todd Bowles to get head coaching jobs. Right. And then when Bruce Arians steps down, he appoints one of you to his. Like, I'm over here like, well, he shows which favorism he wanted. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for Leftwich. But you know what? He's still in a good organization. They're going to win games. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're going to win. I mean, and then the Brady thing, him coming back. Now, I did hear talks. He was looking to get out of there and head somewhere else. But I don't I don't believe that. I can see San Fran a year if um, Trey Lance and Jimmy G don't work out. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, like, He's a California even kid. that, like, the, the Brady thing, come on now. How long do you have to play in this league to know it's time? Like, Could you picture up? being the dude that bought the fo- his last th- his last touchdown pass ball for 500000 oh, I would be livid. Like you were, you're expected. That's but okay. But here's the thing, dude. Why would you ever? Okay. Typically, like when you make these merchandise deals, like the Babe Ruths of the world, or like say somebody went out and bought Brett Favre's last football right now. It's like Brett Favre's been retired for a long period of time. Right. Why would you ever buy something like right when he retires? Because there's always that chance yeah. of coming back. You wait like a good like five, ten years till they can't play anymore. So I think it's stupidity on them. But I would definitely be pissed right. if I was the person. Now. Sure. Um, Along the lines of that, this past weekend was WrestleMania, and somebody who hasn't wrestled in 20 years almost came back. Don't quote Steve Austin. That goes another thing. Like he was supposed to retire 20 years ago. There's always that chance that any athlete can come back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but like you're saying, I don't know why you would want to buy Brady's last ball for that much money, knowing it's Tom Brady. Like he's clearly said, I have one ring for my wedding. I have seven rings from the Super Bowl. I need two more to fill up my hands, and then I'm done. Like, come on. And he needs about three more for the kids and one yes. for the wife. And Yes. Um, but are the Buccaneers a better team without Arians? To be honest, no. I, I don't think they are a better team. I mean, Arians, to me, you, you, you had his health issues. And I think a lot of the health issues along the way also strung that team. That team got closer because they were playing for Arians. That team um, – Pretty much had that huge chip on their shoulder, like, hey, we have Arians who was going through this house scare. I don't know. Did you hear about the health scare with Arians? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually at MetLife Stadium watching the game that, A, Antonio Brown went off the sidelines for. Yes. And when Bruce Arians did not coach that game as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, we had known there was some health issues going on, but, you know. Yeah. And I mean, um, but to answer your question, no, they're not better without him because Bruce Arians is not like a top 10 coach, but he's still a good enough coach where that missing piece without it, it's not going to be like you're going to struggle for a couple years. You may not be like 12 and four. You might be nine and seven. I mean, you'll still maybe make the playoffs in that division, but how much does it take away? Listen, Todd Bowles is a really great defensive coordinator, but some people are not meant to be head coaches. Some people are good at, you look at, and I know, there's back and forth because Rex Ryan technically had the Jets in two AFC championship games with Mark Sanchez, but Rex Ryan will always be a better defensive coordinator than he ever was a head coach. Oh, without a doubt. So, and like Todd Bowles, you look at Todd Bowles with the New York Jets, obviously as well, it didn't turn out well, but it's a Jets. So how much, you know, how much you put on that? Because it's, it's kind of a failed franchise in recent years. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't the Joe Namus of the world anymore or anything like that. So, you know, Todd Bowles failed there. I don't think this is either going to be Todd Bowles make or break to see if he'll ever be a good head coach because he's got the team around him. Now, everybody has kind of came back. I think maybe they lost only two people this off season. Yeah. You know, one of them being offense lineman, I believe, but they may lose Gronkowski too. I I did hear rumblings of him going to Buffalo. Yeah. But you still got, I still believe you have Brayton Howard and you'll be all right. Especially if you draft somebody young, who knows? Right. I mean, we still got the draft. You can pick them up, but going back to the Todd Bowles thing, can we really blame Todd Bowles for the Jets being no. bad? It's the Jets. Like, it's the Jets. that all-around team. The offense was – I mean, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was a horrible quarterback to me. Um, so, you can't really just blame that all He's a Todd USC Bowles. guy, so I, I have to at least respect. At USC, I respect his play. But there's these guys who come from college and can't really go to the NFL game. Like, another Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, who was picked up recently, didn't play, like, half the season because of he was struggling. 
Like that whole entire organization just needs. You know, I do like Sala though. You know, I I think I'm not saying he'll be a good head coach, but I like the I like how he gets people excited and energized, and he brings that defense because regardless, last year, you know, the Jets defense was better than the Jets defense of the last three four right. years. And I would agree with that. And they just got better pieces. Yeah, they took DJ Reed off Seattle, and they're going to get. They even talked about taking Metcalf off Seattle here here yeah. soon. So who knows? But they're going out. They're getting pieces. They're assembling old 49ers players as well that are coming with them, as as do typical coaches when they leave their teams. Yeah. People follow. Um, you know, but it, you're right. It's the Jets, and I don't know. The Jets like to ruin. This is go back to USC again. The Jets like to u- ruin my USC quarterbacks. Can I have one good USC quarterback? You know that I cheer for. That like, can somebody just build them up and make them like good with an organization, please? Because as a USC fan, it's hurting me. Well, I mean, they ruined Sam Darnold too. But yeah. Sam Darnold and everybody's like, well, you know, Sam Darnold had a chance this year and last year with the Panthers. And I'm over here like, okay, but when you're not developed correctly either, like your first four years in the NFL, it doesn't really matter what you do on your fifth or sixth. Like there's very few players that can come back from bad organizations. Now there was one thing, and I don't know who brought it up. It might've been Rich Eisen and forgive me, Rich Eisen, if you did bring this or if it wasn't you, but somebody made a statement. This is why players that come out of college, instead of getting drafted by teams in a certain order, that they should pick who they go to. I hate that idea, by the way. What's your thoughts? So my thoughts on the whole they should pick where it, they go. Should college players pick where they go in the NFL? That can get very loaded very quick though. It it could because then you'll have stacked teams and you'll have like all these people are gonna want to go to one organization. I mean, come on now, you look at the NFL. Look at who are the biggest market names out there. You want to play for the Steelers because that franchise is legendary. You want to play for the Cowboys because that's known as America's team. Like those legendary franchises, so I mean that could be a sticky situation there for the NFL. So no, I don't think that colleges college players should get their choice of where they go. And who's picking Jacksonville? <laughs> who's picking? Exactly, yeah. You know, like it's like forget about like well, and of course there's always going to be like well these players will take the opportunities because it, say everybody wants to go to the Cowboys and they have like there's five quarterbacks that would love to be the Cowboys starting quarterback. Right. Well, somebody's going to pick Jacksonville, but I'm over here like. Yeah, so you can be in the league for like one year and done. So what do you do then? Do you do you make the organizations like pay you the four or five year contracts then, or do you go like by year? Well, because my, that would change the whole like what their contract is for rookies then, right? My other thing, if you have five quarterbacks wanting to go to one place, only one of you is going to play. So are you sitting on the bench? Are you requesting league minimum? No, you're not requesting league minimum. You want to make money. That's why you're playing in the NFL. So then what happens? What do franchises say to those players that I don't want to make league minimum? I want to play Uber Bucks. Why? You're, you're playing on the bench. I, like I said, I think maybe it comes down to one-year deals at a time then. Mm-hmm. Kind of like treating like undrafted free agents, how they just sign a one-year tender. And no, I, I do like the way that things are now. Like I, I do think I'm a big stickler for if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So. And, and, for, and for people that like, well, all these bad teams get the first pick or whatever, I'm over here like, Okay, and they're like, yeah, well, it's supposed to make you better. It's not. But, like, how many other people that you draft? We can name more first-round draft busts than successes. Exactly. It's like, so it's, everything's a shot in the dark. That's why you try to get more picks in drafts so you have a better chance. It's not that you're going to hit on the first, the second, or the third. Yeah. It's possibly even hitting on a fourth, but you might have hit on a fourth while other people haven't hit throughout their whole sevens. Mm-hmm. Ask, ask Bill Belichick and Tom Brady how many first-round first picks become legends in the Hall of Famers. Tom Brady was a six-round pick. Like, come on now. Also, what is Aaron Rodgers doing in Green Bay? So the whole saga, and of course, for people that are watching, they're not used to us talking football. We are talking football at least for the next five minutes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers comes in. Okay, we have a whole drama between him, Wilson, in the offseason, and he chooses to stay. Nobody talked about Adams leaving, and all of a sudden that trade broke. It's just like, what is going on? He's in Las Vegas now. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. Like I can't speak for Aaron Rodgers. Um, what do you think? What do you think is going on with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's definitely a changed man, so to speak. I, I don't know if he sees dollar signs, and that's why he's like, well, I can convince Packers to play me or pay me this amount. But if I'm Rodgers, I'm still ticked off at the Jordan Love pickup from years ago. I'm not upset. Like, if I'm Rodgers, I'm upset. 
But as a person on the outside, when they draft, I was like, this is genius. Not because you're drafting the quarterback of the future. It's because Aaron Rodgers has had some mediocre years yeah. before the Aaron, like two mediocre years. He wasn't the, he wasn't your normal Aaron Rodgers. You know, right. probably for that five-year gap. He, yeah, he put up good, solid numbers, but it's an offensive league. And like, he's okay. not going to be because he's, what, almost they're like 37, 38? Yeah. He's getting up there. But he's had two MVP seasons. Can we say that he wouldn't have had MVP seasons without the motivation of drafting a Jordan Love behind him? Sometimes seeing the light at the end of the tunnel is yeah. what motivates players, and that's True, yeah. it could have been a very good strategy by the head coach of the Packers. He can almost say it lit a fire under him. Like It's like, okay, you want to draft this guy? I'm going to show you who Aaron Rodgers is, and I'm going to be that MVP quarterback that you've wanted. It could, it could have been a genius play. But still, personally, I think Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy who he's all about winning, and he wants to be that guy that wins. He doesn't want Jordan Love to come in and win games for the Packers. It wants to be him. He wants to go down as one of the best, if not the best quarterback to ever play the game of football. And, of course, you have you have Adams going to Las Vegas, Las Vegas yeah. to play with his former teammate, Derek Carr, which is yeah. a cool scenario, and he's getting paid to do so. So, of course, he loves it. They both love it. The question is, though, and this is the last question before we switch over to a different topic here in That's entertainment, fine. but – since we've had a history, kind of like the Carson Wentz situation, where everybody talks about how he wasn't a big locker room guy, you know, the media kind of overblows these situations. But like, you know, and they always talk about Aaron Rodgers. He's not, well, he's not really personable. You know, a lot of people don't like him. Teammates don't like him. Former teammates, former head coaches. We thought he had a good relationship with Adams and maybe he still does. But does this put a damper in your mind if he had a strong relationship off the field with Adams? For Aaron Rodgers, are you yeah. saying it would put a damper? To me, to me, no, because he, he got that huge contract. He is now, I believe, the highest paid quarterback this year, this season. Um, to me, I don't think it matters if Adams is there or not. I think you're still going to get that Aaron Rodgers who wants to win, regardless of who's on the field with him. Do, do I think personally it might affect him? Absolutely. If one of your best friends leaves, obviously you're like, okay, well, my friend's gone. What do I do? But look at the talent you still got there. You got MVS. You still have um, Tanya, no Scantling left. Scantling left too. Left. Oh, he went okay. to the Chiefs. I didn't know that. He replaced um, Hill. That's right. How about that? The Tyreek Hill. I don't know Miami. if there's enough time in the day to talk about what happened there. Chiefs were going to pay him, and Adams kind of messed up the whole market. Uh-huh. You know, and and quite frankly, I think the whole market's going to be messed up now because of the Watson thing, let alone everything else. Yeah. But it's just over here like, well, I mean, Chiefs are like, well, we're going to move on. And it doesn't – everybody's like, well, they're not going to be as explosive. But Andy Reid's going to get somebody, whether it's in the oh, draft or yeah. – they'll be just fine. Now, is the, are they going to run like a, a 310 speed or oh, no. whatever Tyreek runs? That's yeah. ungodly. Like but four one, you know, four But I'm over, I'm over here like, is he going to run that? Probably not. No. But maybe Mahomes. We've seen Mahomes pass the ball down the field a lot. And defenses are kind of getting used to them. They're playing double safety up top. You know, they're double teaming. Now, now going into this year, the defenses don't know what to expect because the Chiefs are going to have a brand new offense. I think that entire division. They are going to be monsters. Oh, yeah. Like, every team got better. I mean, look at the Russell Wilson thing in Denver. Like, who called that? I don't know. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting season of football. Um, So... Let's let's move on to the next thing before we talk about this all day. I mean, I could t- sit here all day and talk about the NFL. I know you said before that you didn't watch it, but of course we've all kind of saw the highlights and the memes and everything else breaking. Who has it? I mean, come on now. Chris Rock and Will Smith. First of all, the question to you, what was Will Smith, th- what, what was he even thinking? Personally, I don't know. Now, there was some talks. Again, I'm not a guy for rumors, but if I don't know a lot about something, I will believe certain rumors that him and his wife were going through some stuff like personally and just the things that he was getting from her just was it was the end of the line. Like and Chris Rock, I guess, had made a joke about her prior to that, like months earlier, and he didn't do anything. I just think people are like it was staged. I I personally don't think it was staged. I do think that. He actually like legitimately slapped him in the face and said, "Hey, don't have my wife's name in your mouth." What do you think about the whole thing? Yeah, I didn't think it was staged. I mean, I heard rumors before I even saw it because, quite frankly, as a 
as a film person, and this will get into it probably a deeper conversation leading into the Oscars, but as a film person, I didn't even know the Oscars were on that night until I woke up Monday morning, yeah. Yeah. you know, but this goes to show you, I haven't watched the Oscars in full for the last two, three years, because it's just like, what do you do? It's A, political heavy, or B, I haven't watched half the films that the Academy has nominated, because like, as a filmmaker, I like my action, I like my um thrillers you know and not too many of those and superhero films of course yeah they're not nominated so they're not going to draw me in and like okay if there's a director that i hear like is up for an award or whatever like you we of course heard will smith was up for an award it's like okay you hope to see him win you know it's just like he won the award too he did yeah which i'm surprised they didn't escort him out by the way oh yeah i know but if it was a normal person we would have been out Mm -hmm. um but like you know all this situation i woke up the next day and saw this trending i actually heard about it on the radio that's my first time. Like I didn't check social media at all that morning. Normally I do, but that day I just didn't. I was running late for work, and I turned on the radio, and I heard that they actually played like the soundbite of "Keep My Wife's Name." I'm like, "What happened?" And then I looked on my Facebook feed, and all I saw was all these memes about how Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Like it was just, I don't know. What's Chris Rock thinking? First of all, what do you think he's thinking? That the amount of restraint that dude had. I give Chris Rock a lot of credit only because not saying, of course, there humans react to different situations differently. Okay. Right. I would like to believe I would handle it like Chris Rock. Say I got up there and got smacked or slugged on stage, you know, to take a step back and like assess the situation yeah. is what you should do. I can't say if I didn't see somebody charging at me and throw a punch at me or slap me, I can't say I wouldn't have hit him back. I don't know. I would have sat there like, even let them slap me. If I saw somebody coming at me, I'm either ducking or I'm like getting out of the way. There's a meme out there that, or not a meme, but a picture that shows him actually leaning into it. That's why everyone thinks it's staged. Well, you know what? I mean, it would, it would bring the Oscars rating for next year. If it did, the problem is if it was staged, the acceptance speech afterwards hurt your brand even more because, Mm. and here's the thing that not a lot of people talk about. He threw Denzel Washington under the bus because in, yep. his ex- in his acceptance speech, he was like, Denzel came up to me and he's like, in our dark, in our darkest times, de- or in our, in our best times, the devil comes for us or whatever, you know, and you got to be stronger than that, which, you know, Denzel, that's a good, like everything that Denzel says is perfect. He's, a, he's one right. of the best motivational speakers, you know, but if he said that to you in private, you probably shouldn't repeat it about 15 minutes later when you win the award. Oh, no. And then on top of that, he said, he said something along the lines of, well, I was still, I guess I was still playing uh, King Richard. And I'm over here like, doesn't that make the Venuses look mad, look bad? Exactly, yeah. Like, I'm over here like, if it was staged, you should have had a better speech afterwards that didn't throw other people under the bus. Well, yeah, if I'm Chris Rock, I'm not going in there trying to throw lasers at people and get them upset. Yeah. Like, did you hear the joke that was made about yeah. Jada Pinkett? About, yeah. He, But he joked about two other couples before that. Yeah. Like, I'm over here like, okay. Why sorry. You're, okay. And here's a, here's a rule of advice, too. If you're at a comedy club, okay, I don't know if you've ever been to a comedy club. But if, if you go to a comedy club and you sit closer to the stage, like front row, second row or whatever, and the comedian is up there doing improv, he's most likely to pick on somebody in those rows right. because he's the only one that can, you know, they're one of the few that you can see. And everybody's like, well, how come, you know, it's everybody obviously in the cameras and stuff like that we can see. But like, it's different because you were in chorus, weren't you? Like, right. yes. okay. So when you were performing... How far outside the front row and Miss Evans could you see? Because really those lights lie. were on you. Yeah. When the lights are on you, you can't see through the beams. After a certain point, it just gets dark. Yeah. Like you see figures, but you can't. So really you pick on the people and you and you nag the people in the front row. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was in the front row because he was up for a nomination for best actor. Right. It's like so you're going knowing that you're sitting there, you're going to get picked on. And I thought Chris Rock was your friend. I think Chris Rock thought they were at least closer than what they were before yeah. you slugged them. So you know why wouldn't he think that he can pick on you? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it all goes along with the times too. A lot of it does. Like, I don't know. All of it's just really bad look. And I, yeah. I did hear he being Will Smith um, withdrew from the Academy. He did. I did hear yes. that. I don't know if it was forced. Everybody's like, well, he, he, I think I, it's almost like a going back to the NFL when somebody gets fired, sometimes <laughs> they say, oh, well, we mutually parted ways. So mm-hmm. it's a better PR spin. They're like, well, he wasn't forced to. They might have recommended it, but he did it out of the. It's like, no, I feel he, like he was there's forced. something there. I feel he, was like he was forced. Forced to. Yeah. The question is, and I and I joked about this because you know it's nothing really to joke about, but you know Ben Affleck has had his struggles in the past, yeah. and they said the way back I think was his basketball film that he just did. Yes, which is an amazing al- film, by the way. That dealt with alcoholism and stuff Correct. like that. You know, 
they, he said that that took an emotional toll on him and he was glad to play that because of stuff he's been through. By the way, with April being Alcohol Awareness Month, I don't know if you do that. April yeah. is also Alcohol Awareness Month, so. Put up the lower third. Yeah. <laughs> alcohol Awareness. As well as, obviously, Autism. Autism Awareness. Put up yes. the lower third. <laughs> Support them both at yeah. Name a Charity, because I don't, I don't have one. I, I, I don't Find the charity. <laughs> um... <laughs> So on top, um, where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, the way back. Okay. So the way back, I joked about this and you shouldn't joke about autism or alcohol, by the way. <laughs> Find a chair. Find a chair near you today. <laughs> so, oh my, oh, this I'm is going to take us down a different road. <laughs> Let me bad. finish the statement and then we'll come back to autism. Yeah. Um, so with the way back, of course, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Going in, I joke that Will Smith should star in his own comeback story about his own life of coming back from this situation. I think it would be great to be a documentary. Who would play Will? Would Will play Will, himself? I think Will should play himself. Okay, who would and play Chris? And then he Chris? should win an Academy Award for accepting his Academy Award speech. Okay. I think Chris should play Chris. What do we call it? The slap heart around the world? or You know, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, find Maybe you can show it on... Uh, we should just call it G.I. Jane 2. <laughs> Yikes. Just as a no comedy. Jokes here. No. But I don't know. I, I, I said that would be comedic yeah. to have him play himself no, coming it, back from this situation. Um, I don't know what I wanted to say after this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got you <laughs> all bamboozled. Um, I'm just going to say this since this is Donna Shields unedited podcast on the Shield Hope channel. Um, when I was in North Carolina, okay, and this deals with autism, and tell me if this is a good idea or not. So oh boy. they had surfing for autism going on in the Outer Banks, which was like, okay, cool. You know, everybody set up on the beaches or whatever. And it's like, okay, you expected a surfing competition to go on, you know, or whatever, just raising money. You got a bunch of surfers out there and you did. The problem was they had autistic people in the water teaching them how to surf. I don't know if that's a good idea to be out that because, okay, here's the thing. You're not like close to shore to get these waves either. When you're surfing, you're like decently far out. Is that a good marketing strategy? <laughs> they did it. What do I want to say? <laughs> um, I don't think it's a good market. Were they how, how supervised were they? Let's let's go. No, there. they they had a surfer alongside their board, so they were always like holding on to the board. So they weren't they weren't far enough where the big waves yeah. came in, but they were holding on to the board. But I'm over here like that doesn't sound like a very good idea. No, but there's all different types of like diagnoses out there. But no, do I think it's a good idea? Absolutely not. I would I, do it, I but... like the creativeness. Yeah. The creativeness is fun. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. No, I don't know if I'd put them out in the ocean. Yeah. Maybe one of those like surfer simulator things. Like, you know, those rides like yeah. at Camel Beach. Maybe one of oh, those. Oh, I think that's good. Or... Something like that. I don't know if I'd throw them in the Yeah, but ocean. at first I thought like they were actually having people like high profile or like so-and-so surfers coming in or like doing like a charity run and just doing on the beach and stuff like that. Maybe getting like scored and maybe there were some prizes handed out still. But like, you know, you were it's kind of like um um what was it? We had a we had the Shield of Hope um disc golf event that came up last year or whatever. And, you know, we we raised money for Quilts of Valor. But like, you know, we had like our first through third still got like some sort of prize and stuff like that. It's like that, you know, that's cool stuff to do. You know, you're still in it for something, but you know, it's it's to raise money. So I thought maybe they do that with like surfers, but no, they actually had the autistic kids out in the water. I'm supervised, charity, but, but a little bit more risk involved because yeah. quite frankly, when you're not saying that the Outer Banks, Outer Banks is not like um, Hillhead or Hilton Head uh, Beach in South Carolina where it's the shark attack capital of the world or whatever. Right. Like the Outer Banks has its fair share of shark attacks. But not to that extent. And I think you're asking for more possible ones. Just having somebody in the water at all times, even supervising the board. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That might, that might not make the channel, but I thought it was interesting to share. Oh, no. Like, I, I appreciate sharing that. Um, I, I enjoy talking about how, especially how it's autism wearing this month with me working out of school. Like, it's something that's near and dear to me. And I have actually a few friends who were diagnosed on the spectrum. So I'll, I'll always talk about anything related to autism. And those kids are amazing too, though. Oh yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing to see, like, they can essentially do whatever, whatever, anything we can do. 
they just do it differently. Yeah. That's and some people are really good at one specific thing. Like they, they can yeah. master, like, I'm not talking about like they can out some, some can outclass me in music. Like yeah. their music is, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's a huge thing in the autism community, mm-hmm. but I know, I know from like researches and like, like a lot of people like with autism have like a musical talent that like they right. can just, there's some people that can just pick it up and you know, mm-hmm. that to me is incredible. Well, not with the music, but like, um, there were some notable other people who were dying. Michelangelo was one who was diagnosed with autism. Albert Einstein himself, Bill Gates. You mentioned Ben Affleck earlier. Ben Affleck actually played a character who had autism in a movie called The Accountant. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's just interesting, like the success that people have had. And then you find out, oh, well, he's being judged or labeled because of this and stuff, which I'm not, I'm not for that. Like, I don't think, I think. I mean, I don't think there's anything to be really, and I don't understand the people that judge somebody for that. People do. It's out of your control. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't make them any different than you. It doesn't make them special than you. It doesn't make anything else. Mm -hmm. It's like they're going to live their life and live it to the fullest, you know, and that's what you should do. It's just amazing the success that some people Some are talented. Oh, I know. Like talented. Mm -hmm. There's even some athletes out there that have done amazing things. And yeah. Getting back to the Oscars. Are the Oscars dead in your opinion? Now, obviously, there's still a, mil- a million to like 10 million that watch per year, but is it? I think all of almost entertainment is not really dead. I think it was hindered, especially through COVID. Everybody does things differently now. And I think, especially movies, you probably as a director know this more than anybody. Movies are filmed differently and it's different now. It's not the same. So, yeah, I don't think that they're dead, essentially. They were hurt. They're wounded. Um do I think they'll ever be the old Oscars? No, but yeah, that's my take on it. How much, how much is it to the credit of independent films that has taken away from the Oscar success, like the bigger films, or is it more so that we still haven't got back? Well, let's throw in the third one. Like social media too has kind of taken away and like being at the comfort of your own home has kind of taken away everything because it's like, well, Think about it. It used to be we used to go to the film, like we used to go to the theater to watch a new film because we might not be able to see it for another year to hit DVD back then. Right. You know, now then it became like a six month period. It's out. Now it's almost out in like two months because the theater times are shorter. Sometimes you have straight to digital. Yeah. It goes right to like the streaming services. HBO Max does like the theatrical and HBO Max release at the same time. Yeah. So some people are just not inclined to watch it right away and they put it on back burner and discover it again like two years later. Yeah. Like, there's no immediate thing. And then how much of it is COVID just taking effect and like getting people away from their habits? Because there's people and you watch, I'm sure you, know, you watch your fair share of people on YouTube that like are critics of movies, mm-hmm. you know, movie critics that like go in depth. You know, even for them, I've known a few people like Jeremy John and uh, John Campia. They've talked about how like it's even being people that have gone to the movies for so many like times a week, like their old jobs and stuff like that. And like they used to love going to the movies once, twice a week. Then COVID hit and it's like, yeah, I'm going once or twice a week, but I don't have that passion anymore. Like it's like it was just sometimes when you break that routine, it's hard to get back into or discover that again. So what's out of those three social media and we'll, we'll include social media and streaming. We'll do COVID and just not really a care in the world for it. Which, which of those has the biggest effect on the movie market? Can I add another one? Sure, go ahead. Politics. Politics. Politics, I think, has affected movies too because people are, I don't want to say afraid to do things a certain way, but you can't really do the same things you used to be able to do in movies. No, if, you can't. If you took 90s films mm-hmm. and tried to make them, they wouldn't. They would never allow it. No. You know, we talk about The Office. We talk about Parks and Rec and stuff like that. Like, would those would those series be made today? Absolutely no, not. no, especially not with anything. I mean, they're trying to even cancel Last Man Standing. I think it's still on Fox. I'm not sure if they that Fox did take it from a from ABC when that got canceled. But like Tim Allen, you know, yeah. for even back like that's only been like five years since like ABC let that go. That was their number one show at the time. Right. You know, and they and they got rid of that. So I'm over here like they can't even make that five years ago. Right, for sure. I mean, it's a weird world. It is. It's. But are comedians going to be the ones that bring us back? Let's hope. I don't know though, because after the whole Chris Rock making jokes thing, well, that that's more of a that's more of a fear of getting yeah like physical punishment true, true, rather true. than like yeah. cancel culture or whatever. Yeah. Um. Who who's um, Dave Chappelle? His specials. He that man does not care. 
no. He's going out. Joe Rogan's going out. They're all going out with, Kevin Hart. you know. And I think that's something that's going to bring us back. I think comedians are going to be the next wave of getting us back into this non-PC culture. Because quite frankly, somebody can make a joke. And if you don't like somebody's joke or what somebody's saying, just turn it off. Oh, yeah. Why do you got to go on social media and tweet about it? Why do you got to go on Facebook and be like, we need to ban this or whatever? It's like, just because you don't like it and you might find it offensive to somebody doesn't mean the person that it might be offensive against or whatever is not going to enjoy it. Right. Right. For sure. I get that. I don't know. I mean, I'll never say like going back to the whole like politics thing. Everyone has different things that they're judged for. And I can't say that I'm an an African-American because I'm not. I don't know what it feels like to go through that every day. So if they're hurt, like, like, absolutely. Like, I feel bad for you. But I think it goes along with what we were talking about before we went on air here with like the whole Washington situation and their new name. When are people going to stop being soft? Yeah. That's my thing. And the other thing too is, and I've mentioned this before in the podcast, when I put out a film and of course you're like, well, Donna, you only have 145 subscribers or, you know, you're not even getting a thousand views on your films, you know, but I still use the same mindset and I always will. When I put out a film, half the audience is going to like it. Half the audience is going to hate it. Every view matters. Yeah, but but I'm over here like you know like half the audience is gonna love it, half is gonna hate it. Right. And I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. You know? And no matter even if it is seventy people seventy percent like it, thirty percent people hate it, or the opposite, thirty percent of people like it, seventy percent, it's gonna be in my head that half are gonna like it. So the same half that say say somebody made a joke about um Caucasian Americans or whatever. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden like should like just because one Caucasian American's offended Right. Another one could laugh. Does that mean that you have to stop doing it altogether because that one person was offended? No. Just because uh, like one African American could be offended, one African American could laugh. Right. Like, it's okay, so... if you don't like it, and Carrie Underwood had the best. Now, this was more religious because she was going up against an atheist I called in the one time. I hate um, to I hate to be political, by the way. I, I no, didn't that's need fine. To bring this into politics. This is so. fine. Yeah. I don't mind doing this at all. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. I mean, we talk politics. When I have Hummel and Jake on, we talk politics all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Carrie Underwood said this to an atheist at one time, and of course, you guys don't know Karen Underwood, country Christian singer. Atheist obviously doesn't believe in God. But you know, cool. Either one, cool. Somebody made a complaint about her. There must be something in the water song. Okay, an atheist was listening to the song, mm-hmm. and you know there must be something in the water. Oh, of course, her sound, her voice sounds better than mine. Nice, thank no, you. No, I like right. it. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> give me a trial for song. American Idol. Yes, I'll be the one in the bloopers that like gets cut. You know, like the yeah. the one that they laugh at for the next ten years in the audition <laughs> process. Um, but when she's doing something like that and she's singing that song, an atheist called in and saying about how like to keep God out of the song, and she's like, you know, the best thing you could do if you don't like it is turn the channel. Exactly. It's just like, we have that power to turn it off. Yeah. Turn off what you're listening to. Turn off what you're watching. The greatest thing about social media is all of us being connected. The right. worst part about social media is all of us being connected. Right. And my other thing is, if you don't like it, it's what you sign up for. Yeah. You know what you're going to get when you go on Facebook. Well, nobody really knows what we sign up for because of the terms of service. Nobody reads that. That's true. It's always that fine print. No one ever reads it. <laughs> YouTube shorts. Do you watch the YouTube shorts at all? I do not, actually. Okay. So it's kind of like YouTube's version of TikTok. Okay. I don't know, if, I don't, I don't know how much you watch on your phone or if you use the laptop. Okay. Yeah. I, I am now, now that you mentioned it, I do see like a lot of the YouTube shorts, but I only watch a few. They say it can help grow your channel. I've tried it once or twice. The first one I put out got 456 views. I was like, oh, okay, this is good. But all the other ones have only been like 10, 20. I'm over here like, I don't understand. This is something that, and I know social media has kind of favored the the companies that pay them to promote. So like you get like, first thing that pops up is like a Fox News or CNN or whatever. You like, it's like, okay, scroll down. I want to go find something that a fan made or whatever. It's like every, all these corporation are popping up. So say you type in something about like um, Morbius, Morbius is out right now. So you type in Morbius review. How many pages do you have to scroll through or whatever before you find somebody like a Jeremy John or like something like that? Like most of the reviews coming out, even though Jeremy John and John Campy that I referenced so much, even though they might be in the top, like maybe one bottom of the first page, like all the other reviews are like, you know, the Hollywood reporter or E news. I'm over here. Like, I don't care about you guys. I want to hear what the fans are talking about. So tell me, tell me YouTube, what is the best way to market on your platform and grow your channel? Because it seems like it's harder to do that now because corporations have took over. I would agree. I mean, you can definitely tell that YouTube is a lot harder. I mean, 
as a person who has a YouTube channel, I'm not on it like enough to like say that I like should have a decent following. Or you're on my channel enough for it. I am. So yes. You're still online. You're just yes. Not on your yes, yes. 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 But no, I mean, I would agree with what you said. What is a social media platform that we need looking into the future? Ooh. Is there something sports related we need? Do we need like an in-depth sports app? I'm not talking about like the gambling and the fandals of the world. That's more like a, I don't know. Do we need some just. Everybody has their, their likes. Like you and me. Yes. We can sit here and we would, we would for sure go on that sports social media app. Who's to say somebody else wouldn't though. Um, we need more like an all around type thing where it's anything. We have one for pictures. Yeah. Instagram. We have one. I would, I don't know what I would classify Facebook, but Twitter's obviously more for like the tweets and the text, like the actual text. What would you consider Facebook? I mean, it's also interesting to see how social media has changed. Yeah. I had a MySpace. People are like probably looking at this. What in the world's a MySpace? You remember MySpace, oh, correct? I remember MySpace. I remember MySpace was a thing. You'd come home from school, you'd go on AOL and you'd hop on MySpace and see what people were doing. And then Facebook, Facebook hit Mark Zuckerberg created this big thing known as Facebook. And then Facebook became the social media spot of the times. And then it was Twitter. And then there was a short thing with Vine. Vine was a thing. And then Snapchat now and Instagram. And now you're going into um, TikTok and you mentioned the YouTube shorts. I mean, it's just interesting to see how social media as a whole has changed. And I'm wondering what's next though. Because like I was trying to name like, okay, you got your, you got your um, sentences that you tweet out, like your text form. You got your picture form. You got your video form being YouTube. Yep. What What do we need to com- complete the trifecta? Like yeah. a social media with like their own. You know what I'm saying? Because it's hard because we only like we know written text. We know pictures and video. What's something that would be cool with like holographic something? Like holograms would be cool or something. You know, like maybe sign language. Sign language. That'd be cool. I can get invested in that. If anybody yeah. wants to create one of those. Yeah. We'll get invested. <laughs> you go on, we'll you make videos, content. you don't say a word. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever gets hurt over anything because you don't know what people are saying because you're so quiet. So like ASMR. Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we never wrote ASMR app, which that's a weird trend of why that's so popular. You're talking like those videos where people go on and they eat food yeah. and they're sitting they just there have a microphone that picks making up. weird yeah. noises. What is up with that? I have no idea. <laughs> the kids love it. It's like that in NFTs. Like, what is up with this? NFTs are big. But why? Is it building up for, like, what you own in, like, the metaverse or something? Like, because I'm over here, like... We're all part of the going, yeah. multiverse of madness. <laughs> but you're, like... Aren't you going to eventually, like... You're going to... I, this is my interpretation of this. Like, these kids and stuff like that that are buying these NFTs or, like, these cool, like, digital artworks. What like, kids are buying NFTs? Some of them are expensive. I know. Have you seen some of the NFTs out there? But I'm saying, like, <laughs> say you spend... Okay, say you buy Tom Brady's football on NFT. Let's say 500000 you just put on this. What investment... Are you buying that with Bitcoin? Dogecoin. Actually. Oh, Dogecoin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. Um, but, but I'm over here, like, what are you, like... What is your return investment on that? Because when you're buying it, I would say that something in like the short game, while it's po- buy it and sell it while it's popular. I don't think you play that game in the long run. So like, at what point like do you buy something for ten and sell it for like twenty and just like it? It feels like a get rich quick scheme, but not something you should drag out for years. Because I don't feel like this is gonna like somebody's gonna be. It's almost like um, you know how? And I don't feel like this in my life, but you know, like when your parents have talked to you or grandparents have talked to you, and they say, oh. We thought this was a good idea back then. It turns out it was a very dumb idea. Like it was one of those yeah. things. It's like I feel like this is back our version. Like I, I feel like this is one of our version. Like oh, we went out and spent twenty grand on these NFTs. It's like, yeah, we'd be twenty grand cheaper or richer right now if we uh, hadn't done that. It's our chance to tell our kids one day, hey, we went out there in that NFT and we spent twenty thousand Bitcoin on. Yeah, <laughs> dude, we get to tell our kids we lived through a pandemic. I know, right? That is going to be wild. The toilet paper shortage, by the way. Oh, yeah. We are going to turn that story into what it should be, <laughs> yeah. not what it was, what it should be. What, why is that? Why do you think toilet paper was such a... I think it was having social media again. I think it was a trend that was happening in some stores. Like, I, I believe some people prepped 
you know, like yeah. I believe there are a lot of preppers out there, and as, as you should be. I think people should prep for the future and prep for unfortunate disasters. I was actually watching somebody. Paper. How much of that do you actually need? Like, come on, you now. don't <laughs> exactly. You need like a leaf in the woods, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Some people just get in this mindset. It used to be the old like fat, the old fashioned bread and milk. Yep. Like it used to be like if a pandemic ever hit, those things would be gone. But no, it was toilet paper. Like I said, I can't answer that question, but what I can say is possibly it was just basically a trend that somebody went out, saw there wasn't like a lot of toilet paper at one store. Say maybe that store didn't even get a full, maybe it was running late, like the mm. stock or whatever, and like tweeted that it was empty. So then everybody else across media goes out and buys it. Bandwagon hoppers. Yeah. Don't know. It's amazing. Those same, those same bandwagon ho- hoppers are no longer on the Steelers or Seahawks, by the way. Just let you know. They've jumped. <laughs> They've jumped to Tampa Bay. <laughs> well, they had already jumped to Tampa Bay. They're jumping to Denver now. Oh, that's right. They're yeah. jumping to the Raiders, yep. which is still crazy that the Raiders are Los Angeles instead of Oakland. I Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Is Dang it. Yes. Either, okay. <laughs> Either one. I, I They're in neither <laughs> that I just mentioned. Yes. They're in neither. They are in Las Vegas, though. <laughs> it's weird. Isn't that weird to think about? I know. Like, to me. Are we getting a Germany team? Always They're playing in Germany this year, aren't they, I think? NFL announced something about that. Maybe. I do think... It used to be Mexico City and it used to be um, London. Ireland. I think we'll get an Ireland team too. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. That would suck for the players traveling all the away games. Oh, yeah. That'd be so bad. But it would be... So what would you... Okay, so question. Would you have to include overseas colleges in the draft? That is a good question. And how would what so and if you owned an Ireland team or something in Europe, would you go off the euro or the American dollar for the uh, salary cap? If you went off the euro, it would be, yeah. I think a lot less. So. It would. You'd be making less money. I don't know. Weird to think about that stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We said we weren't going to venture back into sports, but we we no, went down the rabbit hole. Listen, that was but it's a good it's a good concept. Yeah, it's something good to think about. I because I don't know what they would do. No. Who would be the home team? <laughs> Who would be the away team? Well, I mean, technically, if they... So, it's a little bit trickier because, like, when we're playing in Ireland, home or away, because you're not playing in front of your home fan base. But if you actually own the team, mm. it would be. Right. I don't know. It would be pretty cool. It would almost be... Okay, so, the NFC and the AFC were two conferences at one point in time. Okay. Yes. Like they, it kind of like divided America because you had like a league going on on the West Coast, league going on on the East Coast, and that's how it used to be. Now it's like intermingled and stuff like that, like AL and NL uh, for baseball. Could we potentially have the NFL over here, but like a, you know, you have the CFL going on in Canada and you have like something else going on. Now, and then like, they'd face each other? For the Super Bowl. Hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like have... Have this so you have the Super Bowl winner has to play one more game, which is like has to play the, the World champion, Bowl winner, the champion from like <laughs> Canadian football. They'd, they'd win the World Cup essentially yeah. in football. That'd be Let's epic. Make it happen. Yeah, that would be epic. That's yeah. what we need. We need you to know? write a letter to somebody, but we can't have Goodell do this. So we need somebody other than Goodell. That's true. That's true. I don't know. What social media platform will be used to? <laughs> Have our that's that's the answer to okay, that question. We, we need a social media platform that has access to sports from all countries, something like that. Or, well, it'd be better for everybody, kind of like, and you know, this would cost more money to put it on because not every school is like this. But you know, back in high school, I used to think at Berwick, it'd have been cool if we could could televise our own like football games and have like the students announce like the school games. Yeah. You know, I thought it would be cool to have like a live setup there. You know, even like the whole like behind the end zone, you have like the bash TV table and like you have your anchor sit behind at halftime and cut to them. Like that's, that'd be cool. I think investing in an app for local sports teams would be pretty cool. Nice. You know what I'm saying? I think that would be fun Mm -hmm. because then it, it's more of a community thing than it would be like a worldwide, not saying that the worldwide can't watch your community play, but I think it would definitely like, say like this Northeast PA or whatever, be like tuned into this. Like if Bash TV was an app yeah, and it would talk about specifically like Berwick sports. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's make a Berwick sports app happen. Let's do it. You and I have enough credibility oh, and we, we know enough people in Berwick where we can make it happen. I think we'd be a success at it. 
And Will's trying to get me to come in to uh, record some of the Rocky Boxing event coming up here in May. So I think, should. I, think I should. Yeah. Will, I'm talking to you. I know you're listening. So. Hello. <laughs> yes, Logan says hello, by the way. No, Will's a cool dude. Yeah, he is. It's amazing to see. Will, why did, why did your class and all that? Well, he was in your class, right? Graduate? He was. Okay. Why did your class get all the cool kids? Listen, we did it. Okay, guys. You had some I, cool I, kids out there. Come on now. Did we, though? Who? <laughs> like, my own friend group will tell us we, we didn't have the cool kids. And, and okay, so going back to sports even. So when my sister graduated in 2011, and this is just, I know audience watching, you get more like a personal localized yeah. conversation right now. But when my sister graduated in 2011, I graduated in 2014, you were 2013. So you remember all the Burroughs football players, like the Christian Whitebreads of the world and stuff like that that graduated? Rarely, but yes, I do. He was They were, yes, you know, they were 2011 when my yeah. sister graduated. Yeah. They were monsters. And when I say that they were tall, Eric yeah. Schleiss and all them, they were, say. yes. And, you know, girl, coming coming in as a freshman, you're just like, you know, we're going to look like that when we're seniors. You know, because that's literally like the seniors you look up to. Like, dude, there's, there's freshmen walking in for my senior class that were the same height as like our tallest kids. I'm over here like, my generation really got nothing. Like our football team, even though they went to the semi semifinals. You Max CJ Curry, come on now. Don't put me on the spot. Don't put me on the spot. Don't put me on the spot. I don't even know how to deal with that. Oh, Coach Curry was amazing. Coach Curry was yes. So his final—I can't remember. I think it was the final two years of his career. He no. Did you ever see his documentary? By the way, I did. I did. One of my college professors, Jason Genevieve, actually helped work on it. That was an amazing piece of cinematography. We need to bring back. Bring that back to the Berwick Theater. We need to talk about. We should. Doing that. I don't know who owns the rights for a documentary like that. That's a good question too. Uh, would the family himself themselves? I would say. I don't know. But anyways, back to the whole topic of seniors and freshmen that you're. Well, no, about. it was just it was weird to see, thinking that we were going to be like the six foot giants. Oh yeah. You know, but my class was strictly like I wasn't six foot. No. No, but what I'm saying is like you just you expect to grow mm -hmm. from like freshman and some people you do grow technically from freshman to senior year but it was just weird to not be as tall as what you thought you were going to be you know what i'm saying like that's a weird period in time because it's just like freshmen are coming in height's really a weird thing you know that yeah. you know you can't really judge but it was just like my class was basically 510 all the way across the board and but they went to semifinals for for football you know it was just a really weird can you believe how long it's been since we graduated Almost 10 years for me. It would be nine years for me coming up, you know, yeah. after you get your 10-year mark. But, dude, 10 years ago, I was 16. That's also crazy to think about. Yeah, I, I just had my birthday in March. And I'm over here like, dude, 10 years, I was 16. Mm -hmm. I was just learning to drive a car. Right. Now I'm podcasting. I live in the same area, though. Yeah, we, so, we never left. Never left. Still here. I don't know why, but we're still here. You, it's really not a bad area, though. No, it isn't. It isn't. It's a nice and... You know, it's, it gets a bad rep, but it it's really a cool area. It it's something now, granted, you know, I live across the bridge, yeah. but where we went to high school, it's not a bad area. Across the bridge is a better area because it's like a country setting and stuff like that. But I'm one of those people like, listen, if I could bring Hollywood not saying like all the things of Hollywood, like I'm saying Hollywood as like a cinematic experience. If I could bring it here to this area and start my own company, which I'm trying to do and build up, I'd be happy to live here my whole life. You right. know what I'm saying? That's cool. I just, you know, there's places like the Outer Banks I would like to live. Eventually there's places like Florida or Texas, like one or two years here or there, like travel for a little bit. See the world. And it's probably not so, the only reason why I would say living is just to experience life right. in different areas. One day, and I was talking to friends about this. One day, I just want to like tell work, I'm taking off for a month. I'm going on a road trip around the United States just to visit everywhere. Like, imagine what what there is to see out there. Yeah. Like you mentioned, like like Hollywood, going to see Hollywood. Some of the best like directors and stuff have lived in Hollywood. Like, stuff like that. That'd be interesting, I think, to do. Route sixty six trip. Yeah. There you go. Go down Route sixty six. Come up all the way through. You get to see the uh, the Teton, or the Redwood Forest up there. So mm -hmm. you, you 66 down. I don't know what interstate goes up California. Excuse me. Uh, but then eventually take 80 east and come back home that way. 
There you go. I think that'd be a good. You no, know, let us know. We'll get an RV. We should all. We should all get an RV. Bring like five friends. We'll go old school hippie style or whatever, and just mm-hmm. just go. Just go. Just tell work. Hey, I'm not going to be here for a month. <laughs> How well do you think that would go? Seven of us. That will. That for me, it would probably be all right. Yeah. For you, I don't know. Yeah. Um, any final remarks, Logan, or any conversations? Anything you thought of? Nothing really that I thought of. Um, just bring the light on that it is Autism Awareness Month and go out there and support whatever charities there are out there local to you. It is a thing that is near and dear to me working in that setting for as long as I have. Um, and just, I don't know, like it was great to come back and talk with you. It's been a, a while. I know we, we've been, been in touch, but our schedules have been uber busy. Um, and it's just, it was good to actually like get into this again. You made me find my love of why I, why I first started podcasting and I just love it more. So thank you for inviting me back. And thank you for coming. I, I'm happy to hear of the new Vigilante Studios, I believe. Vigilante Pictures, but yes. Vigilante Pictures. Yes. Congrats on that. Thank you. It's exciting. For those that – I don't know if I ever put out an official – we talked about it over Shield of Hope Celebration that you helped host. Yes. Phenomenal job, by the way. Thank you. We're bringing you back for another season. Awesome. <laughs> um, and actually, we'll make it happen. I'm going to talk to Laura Nort, which actually runs the theater that okay. I was finally able to get in. Did you watch the behind or the document or the short the documentary? Design I did channels? not see that, no. All right. But what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to host Shield of Hope Celebration there this year. We're going to try. I'm down. You let me know and I'll be there. And after the podcast is done, I'm going to show you some sneak peeks of the next short film we got coming out. Cool. So with that being said, um, getting back on topic, which I, again, forgot what we were talking about. Um, with Vigilante Pictures, I don't think I told people officially that we did, but Vigilante Pictures is now an LLC as well as Shield of Hope Productions is now an LLC. So thank congrats. you for that. Yeah, that was congrats on that. And I'm proud I'm happy to be a part of the family, as they say. And I look forward to our work together in the future. So. And the future is gonna come very quickly because we, we're gonna start doing segments with you. Correct. On a monthly basis. We just have to get all it. we we have to get, yeah. get all this all this figured out and all the pieces in motion. Yeah. Um but I know you and me talked about it a little bit. So I guess to end for segments that we have talked about, you can tell the audience what you would like to bring to the channel or what the segments you'd like to talk about. Okay. My idea is to do something that's kind of related towards obviously entertainment and movies. I want to do like a, a morning segment type thing where we talk about, um, and this idea actually strands from, you because you had asked me oh well do you know what awareness month it is because you're looking for like films i want to do like maybe a top top three films to look forward to or something along the lines of whatever that month is so for instance this is autism awareness month this is also alcohol awareness month um so yeah just something along those lines and i don't know we did talk about other things as well i'm not gonna spoil too much um you had mentioned that those things are still in the works, and I do look forward to that. But yeah, just having a morning segment, talking about movies and stuff like that, things we both love, and yeah. And having themes. I think a lot of talk shows exactly. forget about what themes are. Themes, and I think you hit the nail right in the head when you message me and you're like, we should do a theme of maybe like talking about movies that relate towards what time of month it is. Like, for instance, this is autism awareness, alcohol awareness. Next month, I think, is mental health, mental health month or something like that. So something along those lines, we'll, we'll get it out there and stuff. I think it is very useful information for people, especially some movies. Like, how many great movies out there can you think of that Tons. relate towards, like, mental health or, like, something like that? Like, yeah. And, and they don't even have to be, like, inspirational films that deal with no. it because sometimes the best films are the ones that are tragedies as well. Exactly. You know, yeah. that are able to open up your heart and mind. And, you know, you look at I love my I love my musicals like um, Greatest Showman yeah. and stuff like that. But then I just watched Dear Evan Hansen the other day. And anybody that doesn't know about Dear Evan Hansen, it's about suicide. Yes. And so that was a very there's moments in there. Maybe I should just do a full uh, Dear Evan Hansen musical review because there's one scene that hit me. 
the most. And uh, we'll talk about that, I think, on another podcast coming up. I think we'll, whenever there's a month for that, I think I'll jump on for maybe if we want to discuss that. Okay. If you haven't seen it, I'll let you borrow it and then we can discuss afterwards. Cool. Sounds like a plan. We can do that. I look forward to doing that in the future. And yeah, thanks again for having me on. And for those of you who don't know, um, I am the host of a podcast known as The Logo. Um, I will be back, hopefully, with that episode we talked about with the draft. So look forward to that. And yeah. Thanks again. Thank you, Logan, for joining us. For the rest of you guys, you can check out all of our um, content, whether it's on YouTube, the Shield of Hope channel, or Shield of Hope podcast on Spotify and Apple podcast as well. Thanks for watching. You can also check out our website at www.shieldofhopeproductions.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day. God bless.